Absolutely not. Never has, never will give you too much. Today, Tom Morris jumps on the It's Time for a Beer podcast to talk about the trade and free agency period. Gee whiz, people love that inside knowledge. Where people are going, where's your favourite player going to be, what's your club going to get? We go through all 18 clubs and decipher what is going to happen over the next couple of weeks. I mean, I'm running this podcast, it's, uh, I'll give you a bit of inside knowledge. It's one of the greatest scoops ever, one of the greatest recruits back to West Coast in free agency period. Uh, if I was to I'll be honest, um, my contract was so small that um, compensation didn't exist to Hawthorne. So they, they didn't even get a seventh round pick for me. That's how poor my contract was to West Coast. But everyone loves free agency. Everyone loves a trade. Everyone loves to see the business side, how much people are making. So Tommy Morris is jumping on, of course, a Fox footy reporter. And if you love Tommy's work, he's probably the number one man in the business. Catch him on Trading Days, he hosts a program on Fox Footy every night during Trade Week with Joey Montagna and David King. They've got all the insides of the scoop. So please jump on Fox Footy, Trading Days. Tommy Morris will be hosting that. But before we do get into the chat with Tommy, as I said, all 18 clubs, we've got to thank Exchange Depot. They pay cash for your containers. None of these receipts, none of these vouchers, none of this, if you're bloody you're lucky, we'll, we'll, might give you something, a, a, a 30 cent voucher. They give you cash on the spot. There's no limits to the returns either. So hoard all the stuff you want. Hoard it, pack it away, bring it down, and they will give you cash up front. Crunch containers, damaged containers, they're okay. So don't stress. A lot of the other places, they send you away and say, we don't want your crushed containers Exchange Depot, love it. So bring it down there, Monday to Saturday. There's five locations, Bayswater, Esperance, Forest Field, Quinana Beach, and of course, Picton. And you know what they say, crack it, smack it, stash it, and of course, cash it. Head to exchangedepot.com.au. Here's Tommy Morris. It's time for a beer, trade edition. Tom Morris, g'day, mate. How are you? Zav, what a pleasure to be on. I, uh, I had to listen to Sam Friedman's podcast with you. Mm. And I've got to say, he's a very impressive young man. I'm not sure I can live up to his standards, but I'll do my best. Mate, my old man rang me today. Um, and he, uh, Dad's really into the horse racing. and But he more loves like the country cups, trying to win country cups. But he said, gee yeah. whiz, Sam Friedman's an impressive, uh, impressive, impressive <laughs> person. And I was like, mate, care to extend that to the, the two people involved in that conversation? He's like, mate, shut up. You're a fool. Uh, mate, where do we find... Frio's doing very well. Oh, mate, where do we find you? So I'm in Darwin at the moment, Zav. Um, at the end of the season, I was in Queensland from about uh, September 2 onwards. Went to the transition hub. Yeah. Then went and lived on the Gold Coast for about six or seven weeks until, until the end of the year. And then uh, my girlfriend and I decided to come up to Darwin. We went up to Catherine, which is three hours south of Darwin for yeah. a couple of days. And then up in Darwin today and tomorrow and then back in Melbourne on Sunday ahead of the trade period. So it's awesome. Like Darwin, I've never been to Darwin before. I love it. Um, and it's great to just be in a sort of a different location. You're going to watch St. Mary's yeah. play tomorrow, see a couple of mates play footy, which is all like, it's just very different, you know, sitting behind, sitting behind a pool, yeah. next to a pool in Queensland. The, uh, it's 37 here today, uh, Tom, and uh, I've just sort of done some stuff for the backyard, put a trampoline in for a little one, a sand pit, and just fixed up the lawns. Anyway, with the lawns, obviously I've been watering them and like a beehive's decided to move in. And I, I, I'm scared of bees. Like I, I'm really frightened of Not them. Not my, yes. Not my bread and butter, but people love them. Like, you know, the whole save the bees, save the bees campaign. I'm, I'm not part of that. How am I meant to save the bees if they keep fucking biting me and then dying? Like they, they don't even know how to save themselves. But anyway, I've been out there all day today. I've put like ice um, blocks, you know, the, the frozen trays. Yes. With like a little sprinkle of sugar in there for them. I've even put leaves so they can sit in there and have a drink. And they're, they're renting that backyard. And if they keep biting me, they're going to get smoked out. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. But um, that's so my... Am I right in saying, Zav, that you have a kid on the way, a little baby yeah. on the way? And by the yeah. time people listen to this, I don't know, that, 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 that baby might be alive. Mm-hmm. Might be, you might have two kids. That's right, mate. Uh, tomorrow morning. So the plan is, um, so this is Friday afternoon. Tomorrow morning, 6.30... Uh, we'll head into the, the hospital. 
Uh, I think yeah. after a couple of comments I made um, on, on TV, I think people are aware that it was going to be on Derby Day. But um, anyway, so we'll uh, yeah, head in there at 6.30, surgery at 8, out by 8.30 and back in the hospital room by 9. So, uh, wow. And, I, and, and so No chance of today? No, nah, no. Nah, so it's a big whopper. It's, it's, it's about four kilos as it is and it's a couple of weeks. A <laughs> uh, couple of weeks early. So uh, no, no chance today. Um, but yeah, tomorrow morning. Yeah, tomorrow morning's definitely go time, and I don't think there's any chance today. So, uh, getting everything in line. I'm more worried about. Uh, Em's not worried about birth or anything. She's like, if I had to give natural birth, and I was the unexpected of when it was going to happen, that would make you yeah. anxious. She knows, and she, last time she had to have an emergency cesarean, so she got through that. No dramas. I'm petrified. I'm home alone, one on one with my two year old for about a week while she's in hospital. I mean, I try my hardest, but he runs rings around me. Like now, <laughs> so yeah, where is he now? Uh, he's just in the back back room watching uh, Bluey. Have you ever watched Bluey? No, I, I remember Blue's Clues when I was a oh, kid. Oh, mate, Bluey, great program. Anything that Hamish Blake endorses, I'm I'm all for it. So he he he, he pops up with a guest appearance. But mate, with this chat, um, uh, firstly, I just want to actually get a feel on the on the media world at the moment. How do you feel like the media went? This year, the journalists, I know the media awards were out and they were sort of um, a hidden award or whatever this year, but h- how would you summarise the, the way the media handled the, the COVID situation and, and the difficulties around that? Oh, it's a good question, Zav, but one thing I've learned in my time in the media is you're not going to get congratulations from anyone outside of the media. Mm. So if you think journalists are doing a good job or the media is doing a good job, I think, uh, I think it's almost a waste of breath saying yeah. it because I think a lot of people are frustrated with the media. Yeah. Clubs get frustrated. Fans get frustrated as well. But I will try and say, I will say this. I think everyone in the AFL industry has done really well this year. Yeah. From the AFL to the clubs to the players. And I think the media is part of that. Um, what's the reality is, I mean, at Fox Sports on one day, we had 60 people made redundant in the yeah, space of about six hours. So, and that's happened all around the place. So the media industry is contracting. There's less jobs. Yeah. There's more, pre- and this doesn't reflect my role, luckily, but there's more responsibility being put on less people which makes it harder. This isn't a complaint. It's just the reality and yeah. people need to move with the times. But it's been a challenging year for everyone. But I've got, a, you know, if you can put aside the, the, the health risks of COVID-19, yeah. the economic issues with COVID-19, it's been a really interesting year from a football and media perspective, seeing how the two things interact. Yeah. I'm, I am looking forward to getting back to normal next year, but I think this year has been an intriguing one. Did the, uh, did the swords get put down a little bit? Or were you still having Barneys with the clubs? Or was it a bit like, let's just chill out for 12 months because no one really knows what's going on? It was actually interesting you say that because in the time off, what was it, about 11 weeks between mm. round one and round two, I feel like there was, there was really good connection between the clubs there, you know, giving yeah. content to media and media being respectful and understanding. And, and then as soon as the footy started again on July 11, June 11, bang, there was, uh, the, swords, the swords were picked back up and <laughs> we were jousting with everyone. Because that's what happens in the media yeah. industry and, and footy, you know. It, you're not here to make friends. Um, you're here to do your job. And there's always natural tension. People are lying. People are getting things wrong. Um, there's contract offers for contracted players. There's players who are contracted wanting to leave. Yeah. There's folks like Adam Trelaw who's got five years left on a deal that the club wants out. So there's always tension everywhere. And I think that's just part of the game, part of the industry. Yeah, do you love it? Uh, do I love the tension or do I love the industry? Love the industry, but that also includes the tension and the the backlash and that sort of stuff. No, I, I don't. I don't love the. Uh, I don't love the tension. Yeah. But there's some. There's some people that they don't care if they're hated. Yeah. And good on them. Yeah. But I know that I'm not, never going to be loved by everyone. But I'm not this person who just thinks the hell the hell with everyone and I'll do whatever I want and yeah. people don't like me. They don't like me. I I don't want people to hate me. I try to do the right thing. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're going to have everyone love you, but uh. What I love most about it is the chase. It's like the thrill of the chase, Zav, yeah. um, where you, you chase a story, you speak to as many different people as you can, and then you get the story. And even though the average punter doesn't care who breaks a story, your boss really cares because there's a financial element to it. When you get yeah. a story first, there's more advertising. And I love that element of it. But no, I, I'm not going to butt heads for the sake of it. I'm not going to be a goody two-shoes for the sake of it. But I do try to do the right thing as much as possible. And if people don't like that, well, there's not much you can do. Yeah, absolutely. I love, I love that. And I, I agree with you. I can't understand the media part where they go, I don't care that I'm hated. I'm like, oh, my God, someone yeah. calls me a dickhead on Twitter. And it's like I melt. <laughs> and I go to bed. That's sad. Like, like, please stop calling me a dickhead. Come have a beer with me. I'm not, I don't think I'm a dick. Like, look after me a little bit better than that. But, um, that's mate, right. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I I just get that sick feeling in my stomach, and then I hate the fact that you want to avoid people that know that you know hate you. Like I I hate that yeah. if someone in footy world, especially like imagine if you were you're banned by clubs, you good luck trying to get anything out of there. And oh mate, like I've yeah I've been I've had big blues with the Western Bulldogs in recent yeah. years, the Adelaide Crows, um, a couple of others as well. And in the end, everyone just sort of moves on. I mean, the reality is that, you tell me if I'm wrong here, but the footy punters, they say, all we want is you to be accurate. Yeah. If you're accurate, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. And then you report something accurate, e.g., again, like um, Collingwood wanted Adam Trelaw out. And then people are tweeting you saying, well, what about the welfare of Trelaw? How can you be uh, saying yeah. this sort of stuff? And you go, well, hang on. Like, you, if you want us to be accurate, we're being accurate. Yeah. So what I've realised... You can never truly win. Yeah. You can never 100% nah. win. You just nah. got to do the best job you can. But, all, but also, like, you were wrestling with um, Reece Shaw stuff. Like, you, you obviously had that really oh. early in the piece, and uh, you respectfully yeah. declined to, to report that and let North Melbourne uh, sort their way through that sort of stuff. But that's not the business you sign up to. Like, it's not like everyone just has time to release their information and do what they want slowly but surely. Like, if you find yeah, something right. in footy world, you've you eventually got to go with it. And, and obviously, there's the, the cases like... I'm sure where you tiptoe yeah. and ignore it, but no, I agree, mate. Get get in there and get their hands dirty, and as long as you're accurate, that's just what I think. Yeah, the the, the reshaw one was terribly sad, and I'm not big noting anyone here because I think everyone knew elements of that mm. story, not just media. I think everyone knew it. Yeah. Um, but it was troubling because um, the 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 issue with a story like that is if someone reports it or if it gets out there at the wrong time, yeah, um, the consequences far outweigh yeah. the benefit from actually releasing the story. So it's good the media didn't do that; they waited for the club to release it, and we just hope Reece Shaw's okay. But that, yeah, that was that was a terribly sad situation, and um, you don't want to see that with anyone, let alone a, an no. AFL senior coach in such a prominent position. Yeah, absolutely agree wholeheartedly. So, mate, I reckon we get cracking. So I've just got the clubs written down. Uh, I'll just say the club, you know, alphabetical order, and so obviously Adelaide's first, and you know Brad Crouch, uh, and then just say, yeah, look, this is what I think. Um, you know, yep. keep an eye on I'll this. I'll do maybe. my best. Yeah, no, and you've been away, and mate, as you said, I've got a, a kid coming tomorrow and a two yard running around. And it's thirty six degrees, so <laughs> I mean, I'm not operating at the highest function I've ever been in my life either. So, um, <laughs> no, mate, let's uh, let's get into it. So we'll go with the crows. This is the obvious one. Yep. Uh, Brad Crouch, who obviously had that misdemeanor uh, with the off season stuff with Stangle, uh, likely yep. to be at St Kilda. Uh, how yep. much? How much off the top did he lose with that? Uh, you know, the, the misdemeanor that he was involved in and, yeah. and Stangle, will we expect anything there as well? Well, the, I'd like to preface everything. All the players we talk about with, by the time you listen to this, yeah. things may have changed. Of this course. Is where, this is where I, I believe things are at at the moment, which is important. But 2.46 um, Western Standard Time on Friday the 30th. <laughs> and uh, what time is it here? 4.17 in Darwin and 5.47 in Melbourne. Yeah. So um, the big question with the Brad Crab situation was not whether clubs would lose interest but how much it would affect his pay mm. and whether clubs wouldn't feel compelled to pay him what they were otherwise going to pay him. So Geelong yeah. and the Saints were into him. Um, there were room. I, mean, I know that he was asking for 750, 800 yeah. from prospective clubs over five years. Now that would have netted Adelaide an automatic pick two yeah. um, by compensation. Um, and Geelong were heavily into him. Uh, Geelong also wanted Jack, uh, Jack Viney and others as well. So they've cooled on those inside midfielders, but in the end, he decided the Saints um, because he feels like there's going to be more opportunity um, to play as a frontline midfielder. He also likes he'd like to live in like you know the Moorabbin facilities and be yeah. sort of the Melbourne footy bubble. Um, but the big question for the Crows is, and it, it hasn't come out yet as far as I can tell, what compensation will they get for yeah. what he's being paid? So it's important to understand with the compensation, in the, this is the simplest way to describe it, it's not what he's being paid in year one, it's his average salary across the length of right. a deal. Right, okay. So if he's on, let's say, uh, $600,000 at St Kilda every year for four years, $2.4 million, fantastic. What they could do, St Kilda, to give, make sure Adelaide's uh, compensation is not as good, they could stretch that yeah. deal to six years yeah. and make it $400,000, in which case it would be later. But yeah. I, I, I think it will be a first-round pe- first pick. I think his pay will be enough for that. So uh, this has been on the wall all year. I think so. Yeah. Um, the Crows and Crouch have been very mature about this. They sort of said, well, look, we'll revisit at the end of the year. But in the end, the Crows want pick one. They want pick two. They want to stockpile young talent. Crouch wants to go to another place on a long-term deal. It's sort of a win-win for everyone. And mm. it, it makes perfect sense. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Tyson Stengel. I mean, he's got another year on his contract. Uh, but, he, but remember the suspension 
um, goes into next season. This yeah. is an AFL suspension. So Crouch won't be able to play round one for the Saints and Stengel will miss, I think it's the first couple of rounds yeah. at least for uh, the Adelaide Crows. Uh, do you see, as we, as you said, you know, the draft picks are the, the priority for them and they're going to land one, two. Yeah. And can you, can you sense a fire sale at all? You know, is there a chance that a Matthew Crouch might spit somewhere or a... Uh, they haven't really got a lot of meat anywhere, but uh, you know, well, is there a, the point. is there a chance that they might try and you know just empty out a couple more to see what they can get? There's a chance, but I mean, yeah, who have they got? Like yeah. Rory Sloan's not going anywhere. Tex Walker's not worth much anymore. He's may as well stay for another year. Kyle Hardigan's gone as a as a free agent to Hawthorne, so they'll get some um, compensation back for him. He's got a three year deal at the Hawks. But to answer your question, I think I mean I know that their main priorities are twofold. Number one is go to the draft heavily. Yep. And then they have an eye on Lukosius and Isaac Rankin in 12 oh. to 24 months' time, which would be unbelievable. Um, but the second priority is to bring local talent back. Yeah. So you see that with Jackson Haitley from the GWS Giants. You see that potentially with Luke Dunstan from St Kilda, mm-hmm. um, who's from South Australia. So if they can get local talent and elite talent, they can sort of build their team and build their squad for the next five to 10 years, which is what they're trying to do. They Their idea wasn't that they were always going to drop out. Their idea was to hasten that process and make sure it's a 10 to 15 week process rather than a yeah. three year dropout. And to be honest, did they win three games or did they? Yeah, they were three on the trot or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it actually was a 15 week um, bottom out. They yeah. still finished last, um, but it was, it actually wasn't too bad in the end. So I think they're going about it the right way. They've got salary cap room. The big question is, can they get Lukosius and Isaac Rankin in the next one or two years? And that will test the Gold Coast Suns. Mate, if they get Lukosius, I'll be an Adelaide supporter. He, he's my top two or three <laughs> favourite players in the competition, Lukosius. Yeah, he followed me on Instagram, and that was enough for me to jump on board. <laughs> hey, um, right, let's move to Brisbane. Uh, the big fish yeah. there, Joe Danaher. Was there much interest from other clubs in Joe Danaher? I think I, I saw yesterday, I was doing a bit of research. You know, 15 yeah. games in, in, in three years, and it might have been 18 goals, or you know, the other way around, whatever it was. Yeah. But... Not a great um, you know, output, whichever way you look at it. Joe Danaher to Brisbane, uh, he nominated them. Is it almost the yeah. case that um, because a, a, a good player has nominated the Brisbane have to go through with it and get him? And, and I think it's been done anyway. But like, was there much yeah. was there much interest everywhere, or was it more the, once was, they nominate? There was interest from um, from Geelong. Geelong really liked him. I think Collingwood even had some interest as well. Yeah, but. Unlike a, unlike a trade with the City Swans, now I'll put this on the table. Last year, I'm a firm believer that Danaher was chasing the Swans more than the Swans were chasing Danaher. Yeah, okay. This year, and that's why the deal didn't get done. The Swans yeah. weren't willing to give up enough for him. This year, there's no way that Danaher would nominate the Brisbane Lions as a restricted free agent if he didn't think the Lions were keen on him. Yeah. So that, that's, that, that just gets done. But the question about Danaher, and I don't know the answer to this. You might know better than me. What, what is he worth? Like, do you pay him based on his best footy, which we saw against, I think, the Hawks in the second half of the Adelaide yeah. Oval this year and what we saw in 2017? Like, his ceiling is so high. He's like Buddy Franklin sort of yeah. areas, his ceiling. Yeah. But or do you pay him like the bloke who's been injured and only played 15 or so games in the last two years and is a bit temperamental and a bit fragile with his body? And I think in the end, it's going to be about halfway in between. So the Lions will pay him sort of 700, maybe, maybe a bit more per year. And that'll get Essendon some compensation in return, yeah. unless they match the bid, which I don't think they will, but it's still an outside chance. Geez, I, I think there's nothing more in, in football. As a midfielder, halfbacker, you work your absolute ass off to get a shot at goal and a mark. And if your yep. forward kicks it left, right, up, down, anywhere, bar straight, it is yep. so disheartening. And I, I, Joe Danaher, I love him, and he's a bloody good guy. If he can't sort his kicking out, you can't be kicking bananas from 30 out. It, it's just, it's, you just can't, mate. It, it, it's, it is ridiculous. And like when you're paying someone, as you said, you know, 700, you know, north, whatever, that's a lot of money to be kicking bananas from directly in front 30 out. So it's interesting times at, at Brisbane. You know, if Joe's fit, only makes him better in my eyes. But if Joe's yeah. not fit and not confident, it could just be, yeah, it could actually send them down the ladder because then they can't bring him. And I think they need a midfielder more than anything to help Lockie. Uh, I think, I think, I, I think they probably do as well. They're not interested in Adam Trelaw, which I found a bit interesting. But yeah. Danaher, look, look at Brisbane Lions' injury list the last two years. Like they have been phenomenal. They have. have I can't name a player who's been injured there. So mm. Danaher backs the, the physio who's got a connection with and the strength and conditioning team. Yeah, they reckon they can get the most out of him. So if you know what, if Danaher's 
at fit and healthy, he's going to be bloody good for the Brisbane Lions. Mm. And they've got salary cap room, so they can go and get him without sort of breaking the bank. No, love it. Too. Love it. And, uh, you know, I don't think anyone is against Chris Fagan. Uh, I think, you know, people are relatively no. keen to see him be successful. So, uh, Carlton, Foot- Carlton Footy Club, <laughs> I don't know whether they're jam-packed up uh, salary-wise. McGovern's probably on a fair bit of cash uh, at the moment. And um, you heard Soss uh, make those comments last week. What yeah. what are they what are they doing? They've obviously got some interest of players coming in. There's not a lot they want to get out, but obviously they haven't got a heap of money, and they've got to pay. Yeah. There's going to be guys like you know Sam Walsh at some stage, uh, Big Harry, um, yeah. you know uh, Kurnow's not playing much. Cripps is going to be out of contract twenty two, is it or whatever, whatever yeah. it is? Yeah. What's happening at Carlton? Well, they've been the most aggressive team this trade period, yeah, because they've gone after Adam Saad. And they've got him, yeah. which is an incredible effort to get a 26-year-old who's finished in the top three of the clubs of a rival's best and fairest mm. for the last couple of years, and is at his best. He's a consummate professional um, to get him to come to your club. Like that is an amazing effort to do that yeah. if you're Carlton, especially because Carlton won half a game more than Essendon this year. Yeah. It's not like Adam Sartre going, I want to play at a successful club who's, who's <laughs> in the top 14. It, Carlton were essentially the same as Essendon this yeah. year in wins and losses. Like and they're they your rival. Yeah, and, and they're your rival. And Adam Sartre, um, West Coast tag him. West Coast sends yeah. Mark Hutchings to him every time. So he, he's, a, he's a star player. So they've landed that big fish, uh, which, yeah. which is well, great. Well, they haven't yet. They, have, they no, haven't yet. They need no. to do a trade. So, so the issue with Adam Sartre is, again, what is he worth? Carlton have picked seven. Um, Essendon want pick seven and maybe a bit more. Jeez. Carlton are saying, we don't think Sard is worth pick yeah. seven. He's a half back, you know. Yeah. He's, he, he, he's not a frontline midfielder. He's not a key forward. So there's a discrepancy between, I mean, there's always negotiations hard and they're even harder when you've got Adrian Dodoro on one side negotiating oh. with Carlton. Like that's yeah. bloody difficult. And then the other one is Zach Williams, who is a restricted free agent. Um, so he can go to a club of his choice from yeah. the Giants. He's decided to go to Carlton again, which is an amazing decision given that Carlton won I think less games than the Giants this year you know like it just yeah, shows neither were much they're chop. selling something yeah <laughs> whatever they're selling people are buying yeah um but his his deal is worth uh, I reported this earlier today his deal is worth 800,000 a year across 6 years <laughs> plus plus and if and if he hits all the incentives which is a fair few he'll get to 900,000 across 6 Jesus years which will be 5.4 million dollars so Carlton clearly really rate him, and the mm. Giants won't be matching that because no. they can't. But they'll get pick nine back in return okay. as a compensation. So sort of everyone's happy with that. But it's a lot of money to pay. And then there's rumours about Carlton with Clayton Oliver, yeah. um, who who Melbourne won't trade, but Carlton clearly like they liked Ollie Wines last year. Um, they're being aggressive. This is sort of David Teague, isn't it? Like he he's not going to sit on his hands and wait. He's going to go hard as he can as early as he can because you know we've seen in footy that if you don't quite get it right in the first one or two years, then uh, coaches get spat out. Yeah. I've got to respect it, but it's it's bloody brave, I tell you what. It's funny. I was talking to um, Dill Buckley about Williams the other day, and I said, you know, similar thing, he's a halfback flanker or whatever. And um, and and Bucks goes, Dill goes, mate, he, he's not a halfback flanker. He's every bit of a, a Kelly, Canelio, all that sort of stuff. He is as elite as they are. He just hasn't been given that opportunity. So uh, you cop your 900, and don't get me wrong, it's a shitload of money, but... I mean, 800. Heaps, yeah. uh, but, but from what Dill was saying, having spent two years at GWS, he believes he is in that, in that category, not as a half-backer, as a, as a midfielder. So, interesting yep. times. And, I mean, it was like me when I moved to West Coast, um, 100,000. And then <laughs> if I win the Brownlow, another 100. If I win the Coleman, another 100. And if I win the Norma, 100. So, mate, I stood to win four, make 400 in my first year, if, if, if everything went to plan. That's very funny. Oh, mate, no shit. Hawthorne didn't get any compensation. Not anything. Not even a seventh-round draft pick. Not a dot. Do they want, do, do they want compensation? No, I didn't qualify. Unqualified. So, my contract was so that just low. listed free agent. No, well, I wasn't delisted. I was unrestricted free agent. Who the the uh, to get a pick back? My contract didn't match the criteria. That's how low it was. Yeah, no, no <laughs> shit. It's no, in... I didn't know that because I always thought you were a good player, Zav. That's unfortunate. You don't want a Norm Smith in 08. Oh, and you, you uh, should have got some sort of compensation. Well, maybe I'm waiting for that compensation. They'll finally give it to me. Hey, um, <laughs> mate, Collingwood. Now, this, this is the main one for me. My head's spinning around this. Um, yeah, okay. So, Trelaw. what do you want to know about Trelaw? Because he's the one. Well. In my eyes, Trelaw, I think, can be a Brownlow medalist. Now, not a Fife, Dusty Martin, Dangerfield Brownlow medalist, but a, a Tom Mitchell Brownlow medalist. You know, get your 40 okay. disposals. 
he seems like a professional, a, a, as good as you get. You know, he works his ass off. They gave up a shitload yeah. to get him. He's so heavily contracted. Uh, yeah. And they've just, like, why is he the one that they want out all of a sudden? They've got Dugowie sitting there with issues over his head, whether he's going to be there or not next yeah. year, God knows. Um, what's Adam Trelaw done and where's he going to be? Okay, so this is how it's set up with Adam Trelaw. So he comes to the club and as a highly rated player from the Giants and he chooses Collingwood over Richmond, mm. which caused a bit of a stir at the time. Remember, he thought the Cl- players were closer to a close play at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel sorry for him. I mean, so he's answering I. the question honestly at the time, but oh, in the end... But I think we all agreed. Good. I think we all agreed at the time. Maybe Collingwood were closer. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't even picked up on at the time. You know, it's just an obvious thing to say. Yeah. But he was asked by Collingwood in his first couple of years to push some money back in his contract yeah. so that they can have some more flexibility at the time. This is, as you would know, this is not unusual for clubs to do that. Yeah. They do it to, as, as a way to manage the list. Um, and he agreed. So they pushed, mo- pushed money back in his contract. They extended him to the end of 2025 yeah. um, to give them, so they, what they call, they, they smooth the contract because it's over a longer period of time. Yeah. Um, and what it meant was that he, he, he took a pay cut in 2019. 2020 came and takes a 35% pay cut due to COVID. Yeah. And then 20, 2021 is the year where his contract was meant to spike back up to <laughs> yeah. around not... Now, I've been told more than $900,000 a year. I've been yeah. told just less than $900,000 a year. Either way, he's on about $900,000 a year next year. A truckload. And a truckload of money. A shitload of money. And Collingwood are looking at it going, God, that's a lot of money. <laughs> We're tight on the salary cap. And... Uh, we don't actually think Adam Trelaw is a good enough player to warrant that sort of money. Yeah. So what are we going to do? You know, and, and, and they've been ruthless. They said to him, no, he said to them, do you want me next year? And the answer he got back was, no, we don't. Jesus. So now there's a battle because he's got two choices. Does he stay at a club that doesn't want him? Um, or does he go to a club that might want him, but he might not get paid quite as much. He might get, uh, still might get $900,000, yeah. but he might not be in the premiership window. For example, he might go to North Melbourne or yeah. a club like that. Um, and then what's, what's eventuated up, I mean, this is all to do as well with his fiance Kim, who's going to play um, netball. In Australian superstar. Yep. Yeah, yeah. There's a fair bit to it. But what, the, what this is a classic tactic. This is what clubs do when they want to trade a player out and, not, and the player doesn't really want to go. Trelaw wants to stay. He loves Collingwood. Yeah. The way that Collingwood need to get Trelaw out is to make him feel like he's not wanted or that yeah. he's worthless at the club. Jesus. So they told him, they told him that he was hard to coach without clarification or without further um, explanation. Yeah. And you speak to people at Collingwood, and players know this, and all the players know this happened, and other people at the club know this happened. They find that just a shocking thing to say because he's 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 a professional. You know, he's had some injuries, but yeah. he is a consummate professional. He's had some anxiety issues off the field. But his football um, has, has stood the test of time. So he's got a decision to make what he wants to do and then where he wants to go. Um, I think Collingwood would like him to go to Gold Coast Suns and get picked five back in return. The Gold Coast Suns aren't going to chase him. But if the Pies offer him up, I think they'll have a discussion. And then if he does go, how much are the Pies willing to pay of his contract? This yeah. is not unusual again. Um, when Jack Watts went to Port Adelaide from Melbourne, Melbourne paid some of his contracts. So... You'd think that Collingwood would be happy to pay 250k, maybe 300k yeah. to get Trelaw out to free up some space to get like a, I'm not a Jack Gunston type. I know they're yeah, yeah. Gunston, they're yeah. not going to get him, but like another agile forward in. So it's a messy situation. The reason the Pies have been quiet, there's been a lot of questions why the Pies have been quiet. Look what happened at North Melbourne with Ben Brown. Yeah. North Melbourne and ben, North Melbourne came out and said we want Ben Brown to go. And his, and his value dropped like the stock market um, in 2009, didn't yeah. it? Like, so, so the worst thing a club can say is we want a player out. So they've yeah. just stayed silent. They've said nothing. And it's just media reporting at the moment. But Trelaw is shattered because he wants to be at Collingwood Football Club and they don't want him there. And that, that must be a pretty difficult situation to be in, yeah. especially when you've got five, five years left on a deal. That's no, crazy. More than 100 games left on a deal. So that's the Trelaw situation. The, uh, it's like marriage counselling that... Um... It rarely works. Like, I mean, if, if my mate goes to me, oh, we're going to marriage counselling, I say, mate, let me know when the divorce party is. It's all over. Like, you can't get back from there. It's all done, all over. Yeah, uh, mate, last one on comment. Mason Cox, is there anything going on there? Well, yeah, he's going to a club that wants him. The Pies mm. will trade him if there's a club that's interested in him enough. He's on a fairly lucrative contract. I think he could trigger really? this year to get up to above $500,000 next year. And I think there's a feeling... I know there's a feeling at Collingwood that he can play a role, yeah. but he's not necessarily going to get any better now. No. Like he's sort of 
he might just plateau as a as a reasonable player, a good set shot, a tall player in the front half. So the dogs have been mentioned. They deny it, but um, I've been told several times the dogs are interested. They want another tall player to help out Tim English and and Aaron Norton and Josh Bruce. But yeah. uh, it, it, what normally happens this time of year is any player that's spoken about, um, normally that player ends up leaving. If 100%. a club says this, oh, they might be open to it. Yeah. In the end, that's their polite way of saying, we want you out, let's find a way. Yeah. So I think it's more than more likely than not Cox will be traded, but he'd have to agree to it as well. So there's a fair bit to go. There's a fair bit of water to go under the bridge. Beautiful. Uh, we'll, we'll go through a couple. Uh, we've still got a few more to go, mate. But Essendon, we've sort of touched on with, with Saad and Danaher, they're out. So they're, they're, they're stocking up on draft picks. Pretty simple, that sort think, of stuff. Yeah, I'll be quick on Essendon. Arazio Fantasia is the other one. Oh, Port Adelaide. I think he's. I think he could be the best small forward in the game. Well, they want a half forward and he's perfect for them. Last season, Port were left standing at the altar. Mm. They thought they had Fantasia and then he he reneged. But he'll go there this year. I'm not sure who for. Maybe Riley Bonner yeah. will be involved in that deal. Um, he's a half back and Essendon need a half back to replace Saad. So they're, they're over there. Um, They've got Jack Caldwell in, so they're trying to reshape their list. Yeah. And they need to, and, and they don't have a choice. AFL rules is that um, they need to use their first round pick because right. they haven't used it in 2017, 18, or 19. <laughs> so you have to use it in 2020. The last first round pick they had was Andrew McGrath, pick one in 2016. Yeah, so of course. That's where Essendon's at. Bit of an exodus, but you know they'll back themselves to be challenging for the eight pretty soon because that's the sort of club they are. And your uh, good Melbourne Grammar boy, Zach Merritt, um, 100%, it's a yes or no, 100% at Essendon next year. 100% Essendon next year. The question is, will he be there beyond right. 2020? And I think that is an open question. He comes out of contract. He'd be worth a lot on the open market. Oh. He's a gun. He's one of the best left footers to ever play first eighteen footy at Melbourne Grammar's have. Behind, I don't behind, name any others. Behind me. Um, <laughs> yeah. no, no, I give that to Zach Merritt. He, he, he sometimes, and I was talking to Joel Selwood about it, he sometimes gets dealt a negative card for some reason. I don't know. I can't work yeah. out why. He kicks it as well as any midfielder in the competition and gets the ball yeah. 30 times. It, it, so, all right, we'll watch Merritt next, next year. Fremantle will go with Jesse Hogan. Uh, where's he off? He's GWS Gone. done. I don't know if it's done at GWS, but gone. Like, yeah. again, Fremantle don't want to say it, but they want to trade him and they're yeah. willing to pay some of his salary. So yeah. the Giants have been mentioned. Richmond have been mentioned. The Sydney Swans have been mentioned. Um, with Jesse Hogan, you're getting a good footballer, but obviously there's baggage as yeah. well. So you've got to have a culture that can harness that. And that, that's the big question for whatever club he goes to. Would it be a pick 50 return sort of thing or would it be higher? Yeah, I don't think it'd be much. Yeah, okay. I'd be surprised if it's any higher than third round. Yeah, right. Beautiful. Freo, Geelong, Isaac Smith sign, Sean Higgins, yeah. and obviously Jeremy Cameron. You see all that yeah. happening, but what are the, what's going to exit Geelong? I mean, you can't keep bringing in without giving. So what, what are you thinking is on the way out? Well, Jordan Clark keeps being mentioned with yeah. Fremantle, your, your, uh, your Perth team over there, one of the Perth teams over there. Um, Charlie Constable as well keeps being talked about as a midfielder. Quinton Narkel, I think, will probably go to the Brisbane Lions. Um, Asaba Radigali has been talked about with GWS in a trade for Jeremy Cameron yeah. because the Giants will match this bid, which has never been done before. And they'll match it because, in their view, a first, a late first-round pick for Jeremy Cameron as compensation is not enough. Yeah. And so Geelong have three first-round picks. They've got some good players. So the Giants will try to hustle them and get more than just a first-round pick back from Geelong, which they'll end up being able to do. I don't know who they're going to be able to get, but They'll have to they'll have to lose some players. It's remarkable, Zav. I think the grand final team was the fifth or sixth oldest team ever to play a game of football in BFL AFL. Yeah. Um, and they and they're getting older. Yeah. Higgins, Crazy. Isaac Smith, um, Jeremy Cameron's not young, but he's also not old. Yeah. Uh, so they're just having another crack, and I, I think good on them. But yeah, they'll they'll lose a few of those younger players. I think they sort of have to. Uh, mate, I think that GWS could come out of this. Who we can go Geelong into GWS, obviously the next team. I yeah. think if you go. Um, you lose Cameron, one of Norm, uh, one of Coleman, but you replace yeah. him if you can turn Hogan for a third of the money because obviously Fremantle are chipping in. Hogan, Hogan at his top v Cameron at his top. I don't think there's a great deal of difference. Uh, yeah. We haven't seen Hogan for long enough, and he's got that baggage. But for some reason, GWS have never got any money, so this might be one of those chances where they go to war and get some pieces uh, for Jeremy Cameron. You get Hogan on the side for bugger all. If I was GWS, I think this might be a time where they stand up and go, we've been rammed years on years on years by losing a lot of good players. This might be the one that yeah. they go to war in. Oh, so the giant salary cap has been cooked 
for years because <laughs> that, they've, been, they've been a victim of their own concessions. Yeah. When you have too much talent, you have to pay them too much and then you can't keep them all. So what? So the best example of this is they, uh, they lose Dylan Scheel yeah. to Essendon in 2018. And in return, they get two first-round draft picks. Probably fair enough. Yeah. But for one of, one of those first-round draft picks, they pick a fellow called Jai Caldwell, who plays 11 games across the mm. next two seasons. And then he's out of contract. And then he signs a deal for $450,000 yeah. a year to go to Essendon and play alongside Dylan Scheel. So it's this vicious cycle of life where you bring in elite juniors and they end up leaving because you can't pay them enough to stay. So Jeremy Cameron leaving might actually be a blessing in disguise yeah. and it might actually free up some space. They might not challenge next year, but it could give them more flexibility to go and get players because for their entire existence, they haven't been able to attract big name players aside, no. aside from Dylan Buckley. So yeah. it's a, yeah, apart from Dill. Apart, apart from Dill. So it's been a disappointing um, situation for them because they've lost Williams and they've lost um, Haitley and they've lost Cameron. Uh, they're going to lose Zach Langdon as well yeah. to West Coast. He'll be traded there. But I think it actually might be a good chance for them to reset. I don't think it's as bad as what people are saying. No, no, I agree, I agree with that. But it needs to be a stop sign in the road at some stage. You can't keep going, yeah. we've got no money, and not win flags. Like, you, and they made a grand final, I get that, but they got absolutely smacked. Maybe they've overrated their talent, and that might be now biting them well and truly in the arse. So, uh, and I'm a GWS man. I bloody love them. I back them every year, and at the moment, um, I'm about <laughs> to give my house back. So, thanks, um, Giants. Uh, Gold thanks, Coast, man. Gold Coast, mate. Stewie Jews mob. Uh, they're just kids again, or do you reckon they're going to try and get that player? I don't think they make the finals next year. I think they're probably 12 months away, another bridging year, and away they go. What are, what are the Gold Coast thinking? A lot of it depends on what they can do with Peter Wright. If yep. they can trade Peter Wright out. Who didn't play? I don't think he played a game this year, and he's on five hundred plus per year. Yeah. So it's mutually beneficial for Peter Wright to leave as well because he wants to play, and the Suns to to move that salary cap or to get some salary cap space. If they can do that, they can probably attract a bit more. They've got Rory Atkins, who the winger from Adelaide, yeah. as a as a restricted free agent, so they'd have to give up anything for him aside from con uh, money. Yeah. So that's I think he's on about four fifty a year over four years with a trigger for a fifth year. So it's a good Jesus deal for him. Christ. They wanted another outside runner. Um, they wanted another sort of mid-20s player like what they got Brandon Ellis last year. But the big challenge for Gold Coast will be how they can jump from, you know, a reasonable team, yeah. four, five, six wins, to 10, 11, 12 wins. And yeah. I think they believe that's going to come from internal. Matt Rowe, right. King, Lukosius, Rankin, um, and then topped off by guys like Lockie Weller and, uh, and, and Noah Anderson as well as a high draft pick. So um, they've done well to play a bit of money ball by getting Sam Day in as well. Like mm -hmm. He's been a great player for the Gold Coast Suns, but I don't think they're going to be too active in this year's trade period. They, they had a crack at guys in previous years like Ruffy yeah. and Sean Burgoyne and these sort of experienced guys, but I think it's actually worked out really well for them. And if they can move on Peter Wright, maybe they'll get something. But if they can't, then I think they'll be pretty happy with what they've done. Well, as silly as or maybe Nathan, Nathan Broad and Oleg Markov are the two that might go there as well. Yeah, yeah. But as silly as it sounds, the roughhead Burgoyne, uh, Jordan Lewis, I think, might have been muted at some stage to go up there. Yeah. Uh, Greenwood and those guys who obviously don't have the resume, don't have the talent, of they've probably filled that gap pretty well. I mean... Greenwood, I think, got the yeah. most votes in the Brownlow. Um, I, yeah, I would just love to see Trelaw there. Just take a bit of pressure off Matt Rowe because Matt Rowe of this yeah. year won't be Matt Rowe of next year. They'll be after him uh, pretty quickly. For sure. Uh, uh, the Hawks, they're just going to sit on their hands. I think they've signed um, you know, the Adelaide. Um, Kyle Hardigan. Strange. You, look, you, you get rid of Stratton and Frawley and then you bring in Hardigan. It's much of a muchness, three years or whatever. So, yeah, um, yeah that's a strange one for mine, but they're, they're just going to sit and play. I think so. Jack Gunston's going to be chased by Collingwood, but the yeah. Hawks, there'd be an, I mean, you tell me, would there not be an uprising from the fans if they traded out Gunston, who's not only a triple premiership yeah. player, but he's their reigning best and fairest. So they'd have to give, they'd have to get a lot for Gunston. Um, I think Luke Bruce stays. He's going to, he's still contracted, but there's sort of all, after Lewis and Sam Mitchell, there's, there's rumors all the time of experienced players being pushed out by Clarko. Yeah. I'm not sure it's going to be the case this year. I think they want another midfielder. I just don't know who that midfielder is. Yeah, and obviously Smith um, off to Geelong, but I mean, Isaac would be 30, yeah. 30, 32 or whatever he must be. Uh, mate, North Melbourne, uh, they're, 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 no one really knows what's going on there, but we'll start with who do you reckon is going to coach North Melbourne? God, that's a good question. Um, well, I don't know. Uh, they need an experienced coach. The, it, it's difficult because it's almost like a poison chalice. It's yeah. like you go to North Melbourne... Um, and you've got to start from scratch, but that could also be a good thing because yeah. you get to build it from the ground up. 
But then we all know, and we saw it with Alan Richardson at St Kilda, we saw it with Brennan Bolton at Carlton. It's all lollipops and sunshine and roses for the first couple of years. But then if you don't yeah. perform in your third year, the fans come for you. So I don't know what experienced coach will want to go there uh, and what first-time coach will want to go there. Like, I'm not mm. sure it's good for Michael Voss, nah. Sam Mitchell. I'm trying to think of others. Yeah, maybe it's a recycled coach. Maybe it's Matthew Knights. Yeah. Or maybe it's... Um, Oh, I'm trying to think of another recycled coach around the league. You know, just someone who's been around a bit, had a go, failed and, cut and come back again. Yeah. But I don't know who's going to coach them. They need to do it quickly because the trade period's coming up. But they'll get, they've will get got Aiden Core as a restricted free agent yeah. from GWS. And that shocked me. That been... shocked me that he's a restricted free agent, Aiden Core. Yeah. Well, it means you're yeah, the top, what is it, 20, 25% paid? Is that the, the rule yeah. to be restricted? I mean, I yeah. find that bizarre. Um, but anyway... He's restricted, and I'll never ever be, um, yeah, you know, never ever say you don't deserve your coin. Get your money and, and be what you are. But if you paid a restricted agent, you paid pretty highly. So, cause into you North play, Melbourne. You, yeah, you played in the wrong era, Zav. Yeah, I'm, you would have. Uh, well, you would have been great. I didn't get any. Uh, what did I say? I didn't get any um, compensation. These guys are restricted free agents. It's got me absolutely rooted. But uh, anyway, <laughs> so quarter North uh, Higgins out. Where's Goldstein going to wind up? Is he going to be potentially a GWS late, or do you going to see it out at North? What are you thinking? I think he'll. St- I think. I think he'll stay there now. I think he'll stay. The Giants were the obvious one, but they've gone and got Braden Proust. So yeah, I think he'll stay at North Melbourne now. Goldstein and I can't see them bringing in too many players because they're not overly attractive at the moment. No. But I mean, they're going to trade Brown and Higgins, um, and they've delisted I think eleven or twelve more. So yeah. they're going to have to find players from somewhere. Um, but I think a lot of that will be by the draft and you know preseason selection period. And Ben Brown, we're, we're just in a in a word or two. Where Melbourne? Melbourne. Jeez, yeah, well. I think Melbourne. Don't know. Don't know what for. His value is an interesting one, but I think he makes sense for Melbourne. He sort of aligns them, and I think a bit like Danaher. What footy is he going to bring? Because his footy this year was poor. Yeah. But also the delivery was poor. So I, I think he's still got something left to give. I mean, I'm, I'm high on, Mc, uh, on um, Brown, so. We'll go to Melbourne now. McDonald, where, where's he going to go? So you're saying Browns to Melbourne, probably. Um, yeah. I think that's great for Melbourne. A lead-up player. Um, I, I think he's a much better version of what Tom McDonald is, really. Where, where, do you reckon Tom McDonald's yeah. staying? Where, where's he going to wind up? I think Essendon makes sense for Tom McDonald. Yeah. Uh, I know that are keen for another forward. Peter Wright has been mentioned there as well. I spoke about him. But McDonald makes sense. He's an athlete. Um, again, he's, he, he comes with no baggage. You know, he's a professional who'll do his job. The issue is Melbourne will probably have to pay some of that salary cap for Tom McDonald, but that's okay. I mean, they, they can, he's not going to play. So it's, if you're not going to play and you're on $700,000 yeah. a year, he's actually better off for everyone if you move on. Yeah, of course. So I, I, think, I think he's highly likely to beat the Bombers, Tom McDonald. They want another runner, Melbourne. Um, <clears throat> so they wanted Adam Saad, missed out. They wanted Isaac Smith, missed out. You get the picture. That's sort of like the sort of player they're going to, they want. Yeah. They want Ed Langdon on one. Ed Langdon, good Melbourne grammar boy. They want another on one. one wing. Yeah. Another one. Another, just another one. Um, they want another winger. Not sure because Adam Tomlinson is going to play in defence. So yeah. I don't know who else is going to be out there, but they're going to keep looking. So they, mate, Melbourne are your mob. You're a Melbourne supporter. Yes. Uh, is there anything that you would love to see them try and do as a, so not as a journalist, but as a supporter, is there something that you, you know, you got your Nuffy uh, MCC hat on? Is there, is there something you would love to see? Oh, um, I, you know what I'd like to, can I, I this I've got to say, I'd like to see Melbourne Football Club have a training base and an administration base under the same roof. Okay. Like it is, it is ridiculous that yeah. the administration, so I'm talking membership and events and all them, they're all at the MCG. Yeah. And the football department is at Amy Park. Now, I don't know how many of your listeners live in Melbourne, but that yeah. is a 10-minute walk. Yeah. Like, that is, a, that is physically disjointed. What the hell is going on? Get under the same roof, be one club, and actually push forward in that way. It is just ridiculous that they still haven't sorted that out. And, and on the occasion, they travel out to Casey to train. So you've got yeah. training at Casey, you've got a base at Amy with 15 different teams, and then you've got your... your yeah, and I agree. I agree with that. Melbourne next year, will they make the finals, mate? You signed up Nathan Jones again, which surprised me. But uh, he's he's a ripper, yeah. and obviously a superannuation payment. I call it for guys like that. Uh, you know what I mean? Like you deserve <laughs> yeah, well, it. You've copped a lot of shit in your time. Uh, Melbourne, will they I make the so. finals? I think the I think the D's were conscious of what happened to James McDonald in about 2010. Yes, yeah, and and, and they want to treat players right on the way out. Now Jones is probably not in the best 22 next year, but he only needs I think four or five more games to get to 300. Oh, so, brilliant. Uh, I, 
I, there's nothing that I've seen from Melbourne that gives me confidence they're going to play finals next year, which puts Simon Goodwin under pressure. Yeah, absolutely. But their midfield of Petrarca, Oliver, Gorn, and then whichever other midfielder you want to pick, whether it's a Viney or a Brayshaw or someone else, is absolutely elite. So their defence oh, is also woo, good. Woo, 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 <laughs> Not, not absolutely okay. elite. Let's just chill on the absolute... And Petrarca is your saving grace because he has uh, taken them to another level. Thank you. Thank he's God, a, yeah. No, he, he absolutely is. And it was only this year that people, and myself, and I like go, right, he's your pin-up boy. Don't worry about Max yes. Gorn. Don't worry about Clary. He's your pin-up boy. If he's on, he could be your Dusty Martin. And I think now yeah. they're getting in towards a finals midfielder. I wouldn't say an absolute elite midfield. Really? So tell me how Gorn, an All-Australian Ruckman, tapping it to Petrarca, yeah. an, all, an All-Australian midfielder, yeah. like... How can you not make the eight with that? Well, and you've got May and Lever at the other, in defence. Well, I'll choose my I'll, I'll, I'll choose my team. So I'm taking Nick Nat over Gorn, and he's hitting it to uh, Norm Smith medalist Luke Shuey, who's giving it to Tim Kelly, who's giving it to Elliot Yo. That's what yeah, I'm, I'm doing. No, well. no, nah, nah, yeah, but I'm no, no. I think no. I've said in the past. I think that we've probably overrated Melbourne's midfield when you go against um, you know Whitfield, Kelly, Canelio, uh, those guys. But I think now Petrak has put himself up as a one A and, and and away Melbourne yes. go. So that's. I'll sit on my hat there, and you know a lot of my mates are Melbourne supporters, so I'll shit can of them. <laughs> sorry, Marty McCoy. Yeah. I will say this, though. The, I think the Ds in 2018, when they made a prelim, performed above themselves. Yes. Like they, had a, they, got, they got Geelong, who was struggled into the eight. They got a wounded Hawthorne, and then they got done by West Coast. Yeah. So great effort to make a prelim, but they probably performed above themselves. I think in 2019, when they finished 17th, they actually performed below themselves. They didn't get smacked by hundreds of points. No, I agree they, with that. They, so I think this year was actually about right. All right, mate. Well, Melbourne, all right, we'll, we'll argue that. We'll have a box of beer where they make the finals or not next year. Uh, let's get... no, I don't think that, but, I, but I don't think they will. So I don't want a box of beer on it. Well, I think they will. So I'm, I'm rooting oh, for the mate. team I despise. So there we go. Um, <laughs> mate, we've got uh, six more. You're right. You reckon we can pump through six more? Yeah, easy, You've got yeah, time. Uh, the power. Obviously, the... Um, the stars of the 2020 season, I think, um, it surprised everyone. Ken Hinckley re-signs, which is absolutely brilliant. Uh, Port Adelaide, what, what are they going to get up to? Just a Razio Fantasia, I yep. think. Um, they are, they're very settled with their list. They were going to have a flutter at Aaliyah Aaliyah that could still eventuate and offer him a four-year deal. But the, yep. Swans, the Swans wanted a Ruckman. Port Adelaide... Uh, have a few Ruckman, yeah. but they didn't want to give up any of their Ruckman. None of their players want to leave. I think what you'll see next year is a Port Adelaide best 22 that is the same as it was this year, except with Razio Fantasia in it, pretty much. There's well, going to be very few changes at Port. I mean, you go through the small forwards. I think Dan Butler was the best small forward this year. I think the, the Australian team reflected midfielders, but I think Butler was probably the best. And I reckon maybe Razio Fantasia is probably a little bit above that. So, potentially at his very best, they might be getting the best small forward in the competition. So, uh, that, that's yeah. a win for Port Adelaide. And how, I think it's a really good story, Ken Hinckley getting re-signed. I don't know whether you've had Barneys awesome. with him or anything. But, um, no, mate, I love Port. No, yeah. I, love, I love Port. I'm a big Port man. He was, he was absolutely cooked, you know, pre-COVID, before round one. I think everyone thought he was a bit of a laughing stock. You know, you, you, your president said if you don't make finals, you're gone and you've agreed to it. So you might as well pack up now. Well, there you go. Uh, mate, a, a place that you, you did some work, uh, St Kilda, what's happening? Yeah. They're always signing. I'm a little bit concerned that they're signing a lot of 7 out of 10s. And they haven't. They have, in the end, they're going to have a lot of seven out of tens, which means you get a seven out of ten performance. Is it wait for a King and a Clark maybe to become stars? You know, the real stars of the competition. Uh, you've obviously thinking we've got Crouch coming. What, what's happening at St Kilda? I, th- I think St Kilda's method has worked so far because they played finals this year and won a final. So it's hard to be critical of it. Yeah. They. I don't think that Bradley Hill comes if Dan Hannabury's not there. Yeah. You know okay. what I mean? I think yeah. get, getting. Getting five out of tens or six out of ten, then allow seven out of, or eight out of tens to come after that. Yeah. I think you've got to build up. Very hard for a bottom club to go and get a ten out of ten. Yeah, of you've course. got to build up slowly. Um, they're not going to be as active as they were last year, but I mean they're going to have Brad Crouch come to them. They might lose a couple of players. Seb Ross is being talked about with Essendon. Luke Dunstan with Adelaide. Jimmy Webster's contracted, but he's got a bit of interest as well. Not sure whether Jake Carlisle's going to play on him. I mean, I think they're going to offer him a contract, but yeah. it's not certain. Um, and then they, they were sort of into Ben Brown a little bit. So they, they clearly feel like they want another forward. Mm. Um, I think Melbourne will get Ben Brown in the end. But I would expect them to be active, but not as active as they were last year when they brought in 
I think six players. I can't yeah. remember who they all were. But that, that Zach Jones and Hill and these guys. Um, the Saints are tracking along really well. But as you know, the hardest jump is not from you know, 12th or 13th to 8th or 7th. The hardest jump is from 7th yeah. or 8th to 2nd or 3rd. And that's yeah, what they've got, got, got to do next year. Jack Higgins, are we thinking Higgins lands there? Yeah, real chance. He wants to play senior footy. He loves Richmond, but he's, he's dedicated to his footy. He want, and he wants to be in the best 22. Um I think that's a real chance to happen, yeah. I think we can cross the Western Bulldogs off for, for Higgins. Um, I don't think the missus will be thrilled to be uh, with those losers. <laughs> I'm, but uh, <laughs> I'm not getting involved in any of that. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Jeez, that was funny. Uh, the Premiers, <laughs> yeah. mate, Richmond, uh, they just keep doing what they keep doing. Uh, Broad on his way out. Um, you mentioned Markov maybe Markov. On, the way, yeah, on the way out. But they're just going to keep their starting 18. Um, is there much that's popping up on the horizon? Hogan was sort of mentioned a little bit. Didn't make a lot of sense to me with Jack Rewalt still there. Uh, is yeah. there much else going on? No, not that I know of. No. <laughs> I don't know much of. R- Richmond, what I can say about Richmond is I think they had, as of about round 17, they'd re-signed about 36 players for next year, which is a problem for a club with list sizes coming down. It leaves them yeah. very little flexibility <laughs> if list sizes get cut. And the same issue was being had at the Gold Coast Suns and the Brisbane Lions. They'd, they'd done well and re-signed all these players, and then it was going to work against them. Yeah. So we're still waiting to hear what list sizes are. But Richmond are clearly in a seller's market, not a buyer's market. They yeah. can't afford to bring in big names. So if anything, they're going to lose a couple, which is just part and parcel of uh, being the Tigers at the moment. Yeah, unbelievable, aren't they? player 23 to 30, you know. That, and those players 23 to 30 are probably 12 to 22 on other lists. Yeah. So you understand it. How incredible... Dan, was, Butler's, Dan Butler's a great, yeah, great example Yeah, perfect of that. example. Uh, how incredible was um, Benny Gale's... Um, you know, are you embarrassed by your predictions of three flags by 2020? I, you're laughing now. I was laughing then. We all laughed at the footy club. Richmond was so irrelevant and a bit of a joke. <laughs> Mate, they are. That is, you just got to tip your hat and go, that's why you aim high in your goals because occasionally you land them. I couldn't believe that. Um, I agree. Just on that, I think people need to realise that Brennan Gale in 2010 set the mark to win three flags by 2020. Yeah. <laughs> and by mid-September 2017, they'd won zero. Yeah. So <laughs> it took them three quarters of the way through the decade to actually start yeah. that, to, to get off that plan. And they only got there on the last game Mate. of after the 2020 season. Quite incredible. And I think probably 2016, they will calling for his head. You know, yeah, they're they trying to throw the board. They'll try and throw everything. So uh, he's incredible. Yeah. Three more, mate. The Swannies, uh, they're, they're probably... Sitting, they need someone. They've got Bud on the books. Uh, they're not going to yeah. make finals, so do you invest in something as a top-up player? Swannies, what, what are we hearing out of, of Sydney? Well, I think the Swans just sort of felt like Danaher was going to come to them. Yeah. And it just didn't happen again. I think Danaher was wooed by the Brisbane Lions. He liked the fact living in a, in a, in a well, I guess Sydney is a non-football city as well, but living in Brisbane, I think, appealed to him. Yeah. Um, so I know they want a Ruckman, but I don't know who that Ruckman is they're going to get. Tom Hickey has been mentioned, who's contracted yeah. at West Coast. Uh, again, the Eagles don't want to lose him. Hickey wants to play senior footy, but obviously he's behind a, he's behind Nick Nat, yeah. which makes it difficult. <laughs> um, so I, and 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 shortened games meant that West Coast were less less inclined to play two ruckman. Yeah. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens next year with that. But um, I mean, if Hickey goes to the Swans. That will be his fourth AFL club. Yeah. A real journeyman. But I. I don't really know what else the Swans are up to. They really like their midfield. I think they'd like another young forward, but I'm not sure who's out there. So they might just um, sit and wait for 12 months and maybe go hard next year. I think wait to see what Blakey does, um, whether he start, whether he can hold up in the midfield. And, and if he does, then you go, righto, you're a permanent midfielder. If he doesn't, then he's got to become a forward. Uh, the Bullies, mate, they were probably, I think they are probably the dis- most disappointing team of 2020 in my eyes. Um, so much hype. I still remember round one, they were favourites against Collingwood. Everyone was buying stock in, in the bullies. Uh, Josh Bruce is a full forward. And I think it was yeah. just such a mess. Dunkley's uh, keen to go, is he? What's, what, what's going yeah. on there? Yeah, he's keen to go to Essendon. He hasn't officially requested a trade yet, but I think now even people at the Western Bulldogs are resigned to the fact that he will. Um, and then what, they, what do they do? Do they reject it? He's part of the leadership group. He's got yeah. two years left on a contract. Yeah, that, there's a bit to play out there. It's just a, it's a bizarre situation. I think there's a bit happening at the Dogs. I haven't been able to put my finger on it yet. I'll be chasing it yeah. next week, but I reckon there's a bit there's a bit happening at the Dogs. I don't, I don't know. Like they need another they need another Ruckman, I reckon. Um, or hey, absolutely, Luke Beveridge has said that. Yeah, that they might they might need another key forward to allow Alex Keith, another good man, to play uh, a second fiddle role rather than be the big bear. So there's a bit happening. I I, I don't know quite 
what's going on, but I'll, I'm very interested. Yeah, I might be crazy. Norton was drafted as a defender, and I know that he's, he's sprung to life as a forward. I just find those key defenders so hard to plug gaps. And you're right, they've gone with Keithy, who's not a key, but is a key. Um, you've got he's, Josh, he's, a, he's your second key, really. Yeah, and you've, you've invested in Josh Bruce, who is a forward. I just, it just doesn't make sense. With the Dunkley stuff, uh, is he in front of Bont? No. Is he in front of McRae? No. Is he now in front of Bailey Smith? No. And now he's playing Ruck as a backup. Like, for mine, I'm yeah. just saying, sorry, guys. Yeah, I, I was brilliant too at last season, and you now you're making me ruck. See you later. Um, yeah, yeah. So that, that's interesting. The bullies, I oh, just it's a mishmash. Good luck to Bevo. See what happens. But Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, and then my mob over in WA, mate, the West Coast Eagles. What do you? Uh, well, why don't you? Why don't you tell me, Zav? Well, oh, I'm hearing that uh, Tim. <laughs> Tim <laughs> you understand? You got to start by saying I understand. I understand that. Um, Tim Kelly might not be overly thrilled with being in WA. No. No, mate. West, West Coast have given away... Their, <laughs> mate, blokes had to give away their wives to get him into the footy club. They've got no draft picks. Yeah, no. Goodness me. Uh, no, mate, I, I haven't heard out. nothing of major. No, re-signing. Nah. Um, Shannon Hearn, uh, Josh Kennedy, he'll play to the... Which surprised me. I've spoken to JK. He sort of said that, um, why, why would I stop playing? Like... But yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll end up playing till I can't. So, which surprised me because yeah. JK's a chiller, loves a beer, loves chilling out on the beach, and he just now he's just like, oh, I love it so much that um, yeah, it's not me saying I'm done; it's you saying you're done. So, no, yeah. there's That's not good. much. I love, oh, I love it, mate. And, and he could have, and I'm thrilled. Hawk won the won the Coleman, but um, yeah, JK had some momentum. It was a two horse ride ride for a while there. So. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting. So no, I haven't. I haven't heard a lot of West Coast. Uh, Zach, most... well, Zach Langdon's the one. So I know he's not a big name from the Giants. Yeah, but, um, I think he's, he wanted to go back to Perth. And who was the? Oh, there's another Giants. A, a Brisbane player wanted to go back to a Perth club. Who was that? Um, um, I can't remember his name. Anyway, not a big name player, okay. but clearly West Coast and Fremantle will look at him. Willie um, Rioli situation. And... He's oh, probably God. yeah. I, I said the other day. I was I was shocked that he was being paid. Um, I thought that it was, you know, stood down without pay. But he's he's getting paid. So West Coast wanted to be resolved. The AFL wanted to be resolved. Willie's sitting there going, delayed another 12 months. I'm pulling in 300 or whatever he'd be on. <laughs> Willie Rioli. Mate, yeah, so there's, there's another situation at West Coast probably with uh, with issues. But I don't think West Coast, one, have got money. I don't think they've got anything to offer because the picks no. have gone through through Tim Kelly this year. Uh, so I think they'll be sitting. But Willie Rioli, when do you reckon they'll be resolved? Oh, I've got absolutely no idea. All I know is just it, it's just ridiculous. It takes too lo- it takes this long. Surely we can test people for COVID and get the result back within 24 hours. Yeah. You give a urine sample to a SADA and it goes into a laboratory and it comes back with dust on it. It's just ridiculous. Well, it came, came it back takes. with a, a grape flavored Gatorade or some bloody thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, I don't know. It's just absurd. But um, West Coast, I think, will have a crack next year with the exact list they've got. Yeah. Clearly, you know, that'll be their go. And then they'll, then I think they'll have to get a bit creative and see how they can get some, some more players in. I mean, Andrew Gaff was the one. Gaff re, uh, had a choice whether to yeah. be an unrestricted free agent this year and go to another club. And clearly, he wants to play in a flag, so he stayed. But that, they're so settled, the Eagles. What a professional football club! No, they're they're good. Have you had any issues with dealing with Nizzy or anyone like that? I, no, nah, no, no, no. no I've, I haven't dealt a lot with West Coast, to be fair. But every dealing I've had um, has been really good. Really like the media manager. Media manager as well, Stocksy. Um, and uh, can we? Oh, you don't like him? What's that? Nah, face? I What's like Stocksy. No, no, ben, ben, no, Ben Roberts was in my uh, bridal party, so you would have dealt with Ben as well, who was uh, yeah, in, no, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in like the ben. media. I dealt with Ben and yeah. Travis King as well. No, all, all I'm saying yeah, they're is, all good. I think Wisconsin is very professional, good fellas. I like Adam Simpson. Um, and can't, I don't have a negative word to say about the and I think which is. The la- the, yeah, I know. The last one um, on the West Coast, and I'll just ask you one more question. I'll wrap up. I think West Coast, yeah. the good thing is with West Coast, they are getting old, but when those players go, there will be money. It's not like you've got, you know, six or seven old blokes who aren't paid. It's like your Kennedys, Nick yeah. Nat, Shuey. They're all going to be over 30. So when they do drop off, there's going to be money to spend. So I can't yeah. see them falling into a lull like some clubs do when they fall off their peak. So... Uh, West Coast will be a one to watch probably in, in 12 to 24 months, whether they land a couple of big fishes like Crips or whatever. But last one, mate. Yeah. Um, uh, watch this space. 
Uh, question. Yeah, I watch this space for a journo. Uh, a smoking gun. What? Where? Where's your nose? What? Where? Where are you sniffing out? Um, good question. I am sniffing. And I'll I'll uh, I'll on the provision that this is not factual. Anyone out there? This is just no, a sniff. no, 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 no. This no, is no. just a sniff. I get that completely. Yeah, yeah. I just I I wonder. I wonder how long Brayshaw, Petrarca, Oliver, and Viney can play in the same midfield. I think that's got an expir uh, a, an expiration date. Expiration date, yeah. And I'm not. And if it's not this trade period, it might be the next trade period. I'm intrigued by that. Uh, it does. It, there's clearly unrest there. Clayton Oliver was frustrated finishing low in, or fifth in the best in Ferrist. Yeah. Um, Angus Brayshaw wants to play midfield, and when he does, he plays well. Petrarca's yeah. clearly a gun. Viney signed a five-year deal. Simon Goodwin loves him, so you sort of have to play him in the midfield. I'm not sure that that is sustainable for a long period of time. So that is my watch this space. So I am, um, and I joke around about Oliver. If I could get my hands on Clary Oliver, he, as a youngster, he's had no help around him early days, like... Yeah, get me wrong, Max Gorn was helpful with his hands. But yeah. Brayshaw also is going to be a friend of the show. I think he's going to be on the on the podcast in the next couple of weeks. So um, Good, good. Yeah, I might attack just him. Ask, with... Just ask Angus Brayshaw about his hole-in-one on the 5th of the West at Royal Melbourne. Mate, Apparently it was unbelievable. Do you want to hear about the most unbelievable hole-in-one I've ever seen in my life? Ben Stratton. We're playing at yeah. a good course in Melbourne. Uh, it wasn't Royal Melbourne, but it was it was a good one. And it was a par three that had, you know, you can go over water to where the green is or you can, you know, yep. take, it, take it to the right where there's a, a little bit of grass. Strato yep. skinnied it that hard, it went over the water, it skimmed. <laughs> Bing, brrr, like, a, like a pebble. This is a hand on heart, hand on Ted's life, hand on baby's life tomorrow. Skimmed over the water. Brrr, for 100 metres. Popped up on up a hill and rolled in, hole in one, Ben Stratton. <laughs> and the thing is, there was two cards. There was eight of us there watching at the time. Could not believe it. Strato goes to the next hole. Yeah, when you hit hole in one, you meant to have a, um, you know, keep the ball or whatever. Strato tees yeah. up the same ball, blasted at right angles, straight back in the drink where it belonged, but it didn't skim. <laughs> so that's the most oh. amazing hole in one I've ever seen. Ben Stratton at, might have been Moon of Lynx or something like that. It was crazy. That is awesome. Is he any chance? Is he retired? Is he any chance to play on? No, no. Um, Strato will be down south, um, and he will be living the down south lifestyle. And if you're from WA, uh, if you're a surfer who lives down south, that's what Ben Stratton will be doing, chilling out okay. and not doing anything. No, nah, there's no chance Strato will be playing footy, I don't think. I think... Uh, yeah, he, he was a champion, uh, and yeah, no, nah, love him to death. What, what, are our what are our chances of getting you over to Melbourne for a game in the threes next year with Marty and Will Harris and these fellas? Mate, the borders are down. Uh, I saw this today. The borders are potentially coming down. So as long as I don't have to sit in a room for fourteen days when I come back, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that won't be great for me. Uh, well, actually, for the full fridge, I could probably get through it. But um, <laughs> no, no, I, I will. I've told Martin and Harris and you guys that I'll pop in for one game. I've got a torn calf as it is. That's how fat I am at the moment. It's literally the weight on my leg pings calf. That's where I'm at at the moment. So, <laughs> um, and even I said, I said to Em, I said to my wife last week on Monday, it must have been, I said, Dale, you're 36, seven weeks pregnant, uh, kid tomorrow, which was two weeks ago. I I'm going to stop having beers at night. I'm done. And she goes, what? I said, yep, yeah, no, nah, I will not have another beer until you give birth. Done. She wow. goes, and she goes, Dave, it's, um, it's the grand final on Saturday. I said, oh, fuck that. Went and grabbed a stubby. <laughs> went and grabbed a stubby and just got back into him. But no, it's, um, yeah, no, it's good fun, uh, mate. Really appreciate your time. Uh, you're absolutely dominating the, the media and the trades and all that sort of stuff. So um, check out Tommy Morris on Twitter and his socials and that sort of stuff because you want to be up to date. Obviously, with Fox Sport, uh, get involved because um, he's the man who breaks all the news. So I really appreciate your time, Tommy. Enjoy. Enjoy Darwin. I apologise for taking you away from your, your beautiful partner. Um, That's right. Bridget's still here. No, Bridget's there. No, she's sick of footy chat, so, uh, so she, she shut the door. <laughs> yeah, well, tell Bridget um, I'm sorry and uh, shoot me your address and I'll send... Uh, what does she drink? <laughs> Just a nice red wine would be nice. Nice I'll, Pinot. I'll send a nice Pinot her way, so shoot me your address. <laughs> Thanks, Tommy. Appreciate your time, mate. Bloody get into it in Darwin and uh, look forward to hearing from you, from you um, later on during the week too, of course, on Fox Sports. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate it, mate. Great to be on the podcast. Chat to you soon.
Thanks, Tommy Morris. Of course, Fox Footy reporter hosting trading days every night on Fox Footy during the trade week with Joe Montagna and David King. Get up to date with what's going on at your football club at Fox Footy. And of course, thank you very much again, Exchange Depot, Change for Change. Let's not muck around. No one likes a voucher. Everyone likes cash. Can you imagine a Christmas time when you're lying and down and you get a present from Nana and she gives you a bloody voucher? No one likes vouchers. Nana, give me cash. Exchange Depot give you cash. There's no limits on return. So please fill up your cart. Don't muck around. Fill it up. Please be greedy. Fill up as many containers as you possibly can. Even the crunch ones are accepted. So don't muck around with that. Visit exchangedepot.com.au to see the nearest locations near you. There's five locations in WA, Bayswater, Esperance, Forestfield, Quinana Beach and Picton. Of course, let's not forget, this is what we do. We, it's pretty simple sort of stuff. We crack it, we smack it, then we stash it, and then we head to those five locations and we cash it. Enjoy your weekend. Tomorrow I am going to be a father going into the maternity Ward tomorrow morning. Of course, that'll be Saturday, very early in the day on Derby Day. So if you're having a punt, good luck. If you're having a beer, enjoy. Be good to your family and enjoy the company of your friends. Cheers. Bye.